seek to survey into the fantastical world of Keyforge, discussing lore, rules, strategies, decks, organized play, and of course, the Nordic Keyforge League. Jump onto the transporter platform as we board the exploratory craft and seek out uncharted lands. This is the Nordic Keyforge podcast. And welcome, everybody. It's so yes, good to see you guys. Thank you. Thank oh, you, my Vince. goodness. Thanks. Today, actually, we have for all of us, all four hosts today here participating, participating in this podcast. It's going to be super fun to see what we have to talk about, especially the topic is also rather interesting. So, what up, Zaramis? How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Great to be here. And what up, uh, Hydrophilic Attack? How are you? Hi, I'm good. It feels good to be here, all the four horsemen of the oh. Nordic <laughs> podcast. Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good, Hydro. That's good. Keep it going. And lastly, but not least, what's up, Captain? Hey, good to be back. Uh, I missed you guys last week. Yeah, we really missed you too. We had a great discussion and I think you would have been a great addition to that one. But today, we're here, all four. Super yes. good. Nice. Hey guys, how has your Keyforge week been? Is there anybody who would like to start? I heard uh, that Saramis was really eager to talk about something. Yeah, well, uh, just uh, yesterday I... Uh got the confirmation that I had made it into the Keyforge Premier League uh, Season 3, which I'm very excited about. Me and uh, Karen uh, from Swindle, Team Swindle, both made it in. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the KFPL's new format. Um, I played in quite a lot of qualifiers. Twice I managed to trip myself just on the last moment before victory so uh, it was great getting in through the league point system that they introduced so yeah that uh that was a really great uh great end of last week since the qualifier nice. was on sunday so i celebrated that by winning in my summer cup match as well so yeah things are things are going really well right now i've been playing <laughs> stupid dt combo decks uh just as a way of uh, like stomping a little bit extra on people when you draw your entire deck and sit there laughing I'm sure i sound like a great guy <laughs> yeah, it's been a good week. Cool. congratulations Saramis. yeah well done simon that's that's cool good for swindle as well that both you and karen are in there as well um yeah it's going to be really interesting to see how karen is also going to do uh in the K kfpl it's going to be quite interesting format right uh yeah the format is uh sort of sealed uh, they will have take 25 decks uh, five from each set and if i understood it correctly they will have like a sas range that they take them from so you can't like draw a hundred sas deck and be the one person with that kind of deck in the tournament but this is just, that that part is just me having heard it somewhere but yeah mm -hmm. you will pick one from each set of the five that you have been given from each set and then you will play a sort of survival tournament where in the end you will either have lost once with each of your deck and the, that deck is then eliminated or you will be the winner of the entire thing if you have any decks left. Interesting. That's five five decks survival. That will take yeah. forever, right? Or No, because we play best of three. And as soon as you lose oh. with the deck, that okay. deck is out. So oh, yeah, you okay. can lose oh, wow. two, you okay. lose, the loser loses two decks per match. Ah, okay. Interesting to see how it, that will roll and flow. I heard that some somewhere not that excited, but hey, we're always different, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a lot more excited for this than the triad, which is just yeah. You thought Archon needed good expensive decks? Well, now you need three incredibly good expensive decks, since you only need to beat someone's worst deck in triad. Yeah, that's true. I would agree that this format gives. Uh, I would say. Uh, bigger chance for people to show their true skills even by first of all choosing you know choosing your decks that you get and then playing them rather than already have some sort of a really strong 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 deck that we have played a thousand times yeah and uh before i uh leave it to the next person i 
we I have talked about some interesting strategies for the upcoming KFPL, for example, when do you pull out your weak decks? When do you choose your strong decks to uh, take on the opponent? Do you always start off with your strongest and so on? There's a, there's a lot of strategic decision-making in, in it as well. It isn't just like a sealed where you take what you get and then you hope for the best. Yeah, it sounds similar to our uh, um, Nordic Keyforce League also, when you have your lineup and you look through and you decide what you want to ban and not. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, so do you get to see your opponent's remaining decks? You will week? see their entire uh, and their their deck list of five decks before you choose which two decks to bring to a best of three. But you don't know which ones are out of their decks. I don't know yet. I I think you do, but. Uh, so yeah, you can def- definitely make some tailor decisions it, yeah. there. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah, that's me. Wow, that's first time. There's a lot of time that's got to go in before you even start. Oh yes, playing. I look forward to it. Internal yeah. tournaments to see <laughs> which five decks you should play, and then uh, testing them. It's it's going to be great. I I'm glad I don't have a life. <laughs> this is going to be a really good point when we're going to discuss our main topic yes. today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, How about you, Jason? Yeah. Um, my week has been. Um, actually, okay. I haven't played a huge amount of Keyforge. Um, I was a little bit disappointed by my coat game this week, where I I just about lost, and I had a I made a bad decision, and uh, archived one of my eddies in order to make room for another card that I knew was coming up, and then I ended up needing that eddy, and I lost because the eddy was in the archive. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was a little bit upset about that. Um, but I'm personally I'm a little bit excited about the Summer Cup. I've spent actually a little bit of time preparing my decks. I don't have a huge amount, but I found a good combination, which I hope is pretty good. But I'm not going to say anything more about the Summer Cup because I don't want my opponents to understand my train of thought until I'm knocked out. So I'll return to that point in a couple of weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Good. What about Hydra? So uh, I am kind of maybe a bit on a summer break. (laughs) Not really, but uh, I I don't have any sort of uh, games lined up i didn't have last week i played a bit some games with the deck i have 2500 games with because i know it so well now so it's almost like meditation or like relaxing or i don't know (laughs) so i just play some decks like some games with that deck to relax uh i played one i'm going slowly through my dark tidings display i started playing a couple of games with the latest deck, uh, an amazing 57 sus Sanctum Saurian Untamed deck, but uh, I think I'm 2-0 or 3-0 in, in the crucial casual with it, so it's doing okay. It has a lot of creatures, so that you can sometimes just win by reaping in when you're not playing against competitive decks. Uh, yeah, so just uh, playing some games for fun and relaxing. That sounds relaxing indeed. For me, well, I would say also it's it feels like a summer vacation. Um, we just finished our, for me, the first season in ABR League, um, Ancient Beer League that, that I was participating in. Uh, by the way, shout out to Dave Cordero and uh, the huge Purple Niffles because you are an amazing team. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I started uh, my season with 0-4. <laughs> All the games were really tight and I was kind of annoyed because I'm not used to lose that many times in a row. <laughs> but um, hey, but then I, I ended up with three wins. So my end stats was 3-4 at the end. So I was super happy how, how I you know, ended strong. But anyways, they were really encouraging and supporting supportive all the way so we had super fun thank you for that and this is actually something what i really like of keyforge most of the people that i meet in this community they are really supportive and fun to be with and chat and and so on i've like there's 
for me at least uh, there's zero raging or flaming or random crap so um awesome stuff with keyforge in that sense but then uh, lastly coat coat nine oh yeah oh yeah baby sweden is going hard here uh, we are actually leading our group and uh, that's super fun uh, it's actually really fun to play with sizox and uh, seagull uh, because usually i play against them so we have had a <laughs> super super fun uh, uh, last week we had actually a feature game also that jason was or captain was actually reading through the deck lists and so on and then we we uh, yeah they comment uh, they did the commentary on our games super fun i had a really tight uh, adaptive best of one against uh irie irie daily yeah, the Atlanteans. Yeah, really good, really good players. Uh, mm. So super fun to see how. Oh, super fun for us because we actually managed to get the victory at the end. <laughs> so yeah, but that was my weeks. Uh, cool. Hey, uh, really fun t- to hear that uh, some of us have uh, a more relaxing way of enjoying a Keyforge at the moment, and then we have one who's preparing for really a brain burning KFPL uh, season. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, all right. Today's question is rather interesting. How much keyforge can you have in your life? Have you ever, th- ever, ever thought about that kind of question? Wow, I have. The answer is all. End of episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow, shortest episode we've done. Fantastic. Indeed. <laughs> Thank you for that, Saramis. Uh, so uh, let's wrap up then this podcast. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, but I, Saramis, what, what what do you mean with all? No, I actually don't mean all at all. It was uh, just something I said. But uh, I have thought a lot about the question of, of how much Keyforge can you have in your life and how much Keyforge do you want in your life? Because they're definitely different. So would you like to start then? Yeah, definitely. I can start. Uh, I have given it a lot of thought because during this year or the last two years almost now, um, it's been a lot of Keyforge and it's gone up and down in enthusiasm and uh, intensity and how much time I've spent on it. Um, but it's definitely a game where spending a lot of time yields a lot of rewards as a uh, Hydro knows well. Um, but it's also a game that can take endless of hours of practicing and lots of hours opening and analyzing decks. And of course, a lot of money as well. Uh, if you are the like me and like opening your own decks and not so much looking at the secondary market. And as my primary hobby, as I've called it during the, these last two years, it has been given a high priority in my life. My tournaments is something I've planned around and uh, I've uh, tried making time for them in my uh, life schedule. Uh, I have devoted like resources, both time and money, as if this was a primary hobby, like um, a sport that I was playing on a quite serious level or uh, something like that. And uh, I've also, I made one famous uh, or famous uh, Facebook post among my friends where I basically said uh, that, yeah, I, do, I know that playing a card game is not something that most people see as it's like a life event, but tomorrow I'm I'm going to play in a big tournament and I'm really excited and I just want to tell you all that. And it, it was met with a lot of positive reactions and a lot of support for the fact that playing card games is my primary my primary hobby. It's what I like doing. And, and uh, yeah, and I think that balance between like the respect of, of, of for the hobby, but also seeing it as just a game, it's like it's it's a careful balance to, to walk both for you and, and the people around you. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish I wish I had more time to play Keyforge because it, it's getting to be a something that I I enjoy a lot and I enjoy the puzzle of the few decks that I have compared to a lot of people I play with. Um, you know, I I still have probably twenty or thirty unopened because I want to appreciate the decks as I open them and I plan on opening every one of them, but. I want to, I want to crack them. I want to see actually what they're about. I don't want to just chuck them on the pile because they're under sixty sass. Um, you know, I want to see. Okay, is this something that's fun? And so I wish I actually had more time to play. 
but then I have a near three-year-old and I have a, I will have a new child in September. Uh, so, uh, I'm having a break from the next season of the league, um, just to make time for that. Cause that's, that's an important part and, uh, of, of my life, of course. But I, at the same time, I was just thinking ah, if I, if I just, if I could just play this deck 10 times, <laughs> just to really understand what, what this can do. And actually is this deck the one that I should be picking for the league? And can this deck go up against one of Linus's or, 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 or Simon's decks? That kind of question, because I know these guys have got a lot of really, really top notch decks, but I have to just be realistic and be like, actually, you know, there are other areas of my life which I need to the need to have the right focus. A curious question for you then: uh, Have you not felt like uh, an end to to the enthusiasm? Yours is still like wide open. You could you would spend a lot more time because mm. I have I don't spend as much time as I could. I've had a lot of free time due to how my work conditions are and so on. And I actually spend very little time playing Keyforge. I spend a lot more time in spreadsheets about Keyforge than I do playing the game. <laughs> mm. uh, and as we, uh, when I have compared with Hydro, for example, who plays his decks like hundreds and thousands of times, my most played decks aren't even above 100 games yet. And I've had them for two years. Are you enjoying your time with the spreadsheets? Yeah, that that that's one of my primary interests of Keyforge is not mm. playing the decks. I, I often get bored quite quickly by playing Keyforge, but the analysis <laughs> and the turn of, like if there's nothing at stake, then I don't really like playing it. I don't like so much going out mm. on TCO and which is the Crucible Online, the the online client that exists, unofficial online client. Um but but I do greatly enjoy trying to figure out Keyforge or like think about what decks I should be playing and so on a lot more than I do playing it. What about what about what is your attitude to the game, everyone? Yeah, I was just wondering here that uh, it feels like um, Ceramis has a lot of time to be able to do that kind of analysis, and then again, in Jesus' life situation, he doesn't have that amount of time to put, even though he would like to. So I wonder, Jason, are you or Captain, are you are you enjoying? Like, are you having really good time with Keyforge, even though you know you, as you said, you would like to have more time in it or put more time in it, but you can't? Are you still, like, having a good time, even though you know, as you mentioned, that, oh, um, Mr. K-pop has a really good decks or Zarmis <laughs> has really good decks or Hydra and so on. Uh, I need to match them and, oh, I, I wish I could <laughs> play 10 times these decks so I can know. Uh, like, uh, I really am. Um, and I think it's because of the nature of the game. Like it's not it's it's not a game that you can get easily frustrated at because um and I don't come from a big card playing background. I come from quite a sport playing background. I can come on to that a little bit later in terms of with hobbies and stuff. Um but I don't come from that card playing background, so it's realised actually, oh, this is something one that I'm half decent at actually doing or actually playing. But also it's the puzzle of the deck and it's realizing that actually I lost this one, but actually if I played this again, I probably could win or I will probably draw better. Or, you know, it's understanding what the deck has. And the more I play different decks and understanding the game, the more I enjoy playing and realizing that actually this is a, this really is a viable hobby. Um this is something which I want to teach other people that I want to um, help people to enjoy and get into. Um, and I think that's the same with, with other board games as well, because I enjoy sitting in front of someone playing a game, having conversation. So I, I, I definitely enjoy it. And I definitely haven't felt that, I guess that burnout or that, that getting fed up of the game. And so another factor of this is, is the community. I enjoy the game more because of the community that we're in, because if I was in involved in the community with a lot of poisonous people and people that 
um, will just talk you down or um, give you abuse because you had a really good play against them. And I've, you know, been on the fringes of certain communities like that in the past. I I wouldn't want anything to do with it. Mm. Um, I want to be, I, I enjoy being involved in the community and a wider community and international community as well through the captain's deck where we're really, really encouraging each other. So, yeah, so for you, it seems like that uh, you can you you started to want oh you started to create content like this podcast and you had it your streaming and through that way you kind of feel like hey this is a lot of fun and I can keep going on even though you are limited uh, with time and you won't be able to really get into the thing but hey Hydra uh, had you something that you want to say uh, when we were talking about how much keyforge can you have in your life yeah so my answer to that question is actually you can have way too much. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a bit real here. Uh, so uh, 2020 and to some extent 2019, they were not great years for me personally. I was working on my PhD and a PhD is a great opportunity to do your own research and to go see the world and it has a lot of upsides, uh, but it's also something that can be super frustrating and it can be, uh, well, it, it can put you into very bad habits in your life. <laughs> and that, that bad habits, those bad habits can be filled with anything. And for me, <laughs> it started being Keyforge after a while. So there was a period where uh, I was not feeling good about my research and I started procrastinating and I spent hours at my office where no one really cared what I was doing, playing random games on TCO. And, uh, you know, when I started playing, I had so much fun playing different decks, seeing what they could do, being positive when I won, being positive when I lost. And I noticed when I started playing too many games, my my sort of... Uh, uh, my attitude got worse. I could... Most of the time I was able to hide it, but I could feel really bad when I lost because my, my opponent drew well. And uh, sometimes I would say, like, well, you drew amazing, whatever. It's really not something you should be saying. You could maybe think it, but you shouldn't really be thinking it either. <laughs> it's a card game that things like that will happen. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and but all of this, it's not something I really should blame Keyforge for. It was just what filled up like a dark part yeah. of my life at yeah. that time. But uh, yeah, so I've definitely been in a position where I have been playing way too much Keyforge and now also why I'm trying to have periods where I disengage from the game and just play a couple of games when I feel like it instead uh, and now I have sort of a real job where I can't <laughs> I can't slack off all day like you can if you're doing a PhD or I mean if you're doing experiments sometimes you don't have anything else to do if you're in a lab in a university uh, and that that can give you bad habits also for when you have things you need to do. Uh, but now, so, yeah, I'm in a much better position now just playing some games when I can and participating in, in the things I want to participate in. And if if I feel like I have too much, I say I just say, no, I'm not participating in this event uh, because it's, uh, it's, I don't feel like it. Uh, and yeah. that's fine. Mm. And what about Linus? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, if I could play tons, I would play tons of Keyforge. Like, <laughs> there would be no limitation. I'm when I get into stuff, like really, I get into it like totally. Um, and if I could play in in real life, I would play in real life. Uh, that's still the the purest of the purest uh, when playing Keyforge is the re in real life playing. I do miss that, but I I know that without TZO or the online, I could I mean I wouldn't be even here, um, because of my life situation, because of being a dad for two young kids, um, working at the same time and so on. That in real life is <laughs> like that's some some kind of a thing far far away, 
at the moment. So I'm happy that I, there's this online version because it makes the game faster. However, um, yeah, as I said, this is not the case. If I would play a lot, but I can't. Um, my time is ultimately limited. And uh, so when I was thinking about this question, I kind of the reality hits, hits me really hard in that sense that I I know that I won't be able to commit the way that I really would like to because I'm a really competitive person. Uh, I, and I, I've always liked to, to compete and try to become better and, and compare to other persons and see like how, oh, that person is really good. I like challenges. I like to challenge myself and see oh, that person is a good one. I want to play against that person and see how well I will do. Um, that kind of thing keeps me always motivated. Uh, that's also one of the reasons I like Keyforge because it's it's playing against a real person. Um, but then again, um, <laughs> I wish that um, I could play more, as I said. But now the reality says that no. And now I need to find a different way of just being happy with what I have. Um, and for me just being able to to do this podcast and uh, to use the knowledge that I have acquired because I still manage to play a lot of this game uh, despite my lifetime limitation uh, it's a lot of fun to you know give and share to the community and at the same time I still I'm, I'm still participating in three different leagues <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really you know in my limit I, I've I, I need to be really disciplined in anything that I do at the moment uh, probably being in uh, two leagues would be the more uh, convenient uh, thing for me. But yeah, um, I'm happy now because I, I'm doing podcasts and I'm playing semi-competitively in three leagues. Um, so that's that's how it is. I, I would say you can put a lot of time in Keyforge, but you know, life is always important and you need to balance it with life also. And, you know, as we mentioned, this is a game. It's it's not yet uh, a profession uh, where you can get you know get money through playing this game. Maybe that would change the thing a bit. I don't know. You can't get a lot of money yet, but you can definitely get money from playing this game. Yeah, but that's yeah. Uh, that's the difference. A lot of money or not, like yeah, uh, if I, <laughs> it, if cannot, I, it, it cannot be played on a professional level. But there yeah. are some tournaments that do have. Cash prices. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see how this game will develop uh, in competitive competitive scene and how you know serious you can become um, in this game. Isn't it so that in Magic: The Gathering they have rather big uh, money pots? They have very big prize pots as well. Um, yeah. In, the new KFPL league will have a six hundred dollar first prize at least. Well, wow. so uh, we can already see that there's you know this kind of. Uh, thing is forming uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see in the future how mm. how big this can become uh yeah and the f um fantasy flight games there is it the warrior tours or the, uh, the, the, warrior? the Vault warrior. warrior if they, if they were Vault ever Warriors. happen yeah if they were to ever happen that would be the first prize money that they would give to any of their tournaments to any of their games but all right i'm um, i'm curious here and i realize them Doing a little bit of hosting here. I hope that's okay. Then no, it's okay. Uh, we're we're all hosts. But, but how do you all balance in like a more practical way of keyforge? Like, do you tell your your partners or your family that these are the hours I'm going to play keyforge on, or do you set keyforge hours for yourself if you live like alone or if you're single? Like, what is the logistics of making sure that you get mm. to play keyforge uh, or spend time doing it? I think if I can if I can take this this one. Go first. for it. Um, I think it's actually talking through with the people around you, with 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 your significant significant others. Um, like you know, I said to my wife, actually, no, I really enjoy playing this game, and you know, I'm. Um, it's a really good community, and so I want to carve out some time carve out some evenings but then i have to balance that with giving giving my family some time um and so one really because me and my wife we we have very we have different jobs and 
um i can be quite busy in evenings and so we we have one night for each other where we don't do anything else we don't watch films or anything we just we sit we have a cup of tea we talk we play we play some board games and um we um we just focus on each other for that evening and but then if I've got a, a, a tournament coming up, so I was actually, I really want to play in this tournament this night and it starts at this time and it finishes at this time. You know, do you, do you, it's kind of, it is, do you mind? Because if we both work full-time jobs, our time together is also, um, it's also quite precious. So, we also do need to balance that really for the sake of our marriage and our relationship as well, because yeah. that's, that's another important, another important part of my life. You know, my, my marriage is more important than this card game. <laughs> my, my son is, and my, my unborn child is more important than Keyforge. I'm, I'm afraid to say um, <laughs> to all our listeners. Uh, that's what it comes down to. If I have to, stop playing halfway through a game because there's an emergency with my family i will have to stop playing through the game and take a take a, a walk over etc etc i feel like this community is there's a lot of dads in this community oh i love that there's and a lot even of dads probably in this moms community. also and uh, i think there's a lot of um, people are really patient and they 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 usually understand the situation uh, there's i mean it's happened for me several times that in the middle of the game, my daughter will come and do something and I need to go downstairs and help. Uh, and I just write like, oh, sorry, I I, I need to be uh, away from Keyforge, uh, <laughs> away from Keyforge, <laughs> away from the keyboard for a while. Uh, and they will be like, yeah, that's cool. I'll wait. Mm. Uh, and that's the mentality in the community. So I, mm. that's that's something that I think is super nice. Uh, and I think I think that's something with the entry point to the game as well. I mean, I came I came from trying to play Magic, and I bought a few a few boxes of um, and bundles and stuff. But I spent more time trying to build a deck than I did actually playing. Whereas the entry point into the game is so easy to pick up a deck and and play this game, and so it really is suited for for dads and. Let's say middle-aged. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm getting on for that that, that middle-aged age bracket, but um, you know, it is suited for that kind of lifestyle, um, and to still play semi-competitively. Yeah. Um, exactly. Then, obviously, if you have time, then you know, it's it's your life. You can spend as much time on whatever you want to spend your time on. You know, no one can really say anything about that but that's uh, the beauty of keyforge it seems yeah. like you can put a lot of time a little time and you still have you know a good time and you really ha- yeah. like to do it i mean this game kind of feels like that uh, you can just grab the deck and play it and have a good time like you don't need to learn some really deep stuff or or uh, analyze mm. or read and so on you can just buy the deck and Played. and I, I think that's a really important thing and good thing for keyboards uh, what, what do you have on your mind Hydra uh, so uh, uh, my perspective is rather different from uh, uh, Jason's and uh, as far from, from uh, the captains and mr. K-pops uh, I I sort of uh, live a bachelor life and I can put as much time as I want into something and sort of I have to limit myself in the other way so it doesn't become an obsession. Uh, So, uh, and what I have been doing then, I have made sure to get a job where I I can't be playing when I shouldn't. I I have uh, made sure if I, to join, not like if I'm joining leagues, not have them take up more than at, at the most two nights per week. Like I'm in, if I'm in the uh, Keyforge League, Sweden, the Nordic Keyforge League, I'm playing the league and I'm playing the cup game. That's two nights I have to find per week, and that's that's enough for uh, time I have to find. Then if I have 
some time to play some random games some other time that's fine but um, i'm trying to limit it uh so uh, uh i'm not playing the summer cup now uh, i am playing uh, in the uh in the time shapers uh, best of two adaptive cup which that will just be one one match of two games uh per week and that's something i can manage i think while sort of still mm. taking a bit of a break from the game so so yeah that's that's how i try to do it but what about you then saramis do you, what do you have on your mind um for me i uh i have uh, the luxury of having a job that allows me also a lot of freedom uh, but i think that the most important like time expenditure on on keyforge for me is a little bit of what i mentioned earlier but i try to set off time for the tournaments but the social part is what takes the most time i talk a lot with amertaka and wish or wick two of the swedish players like hmm. we voice like we talk on voice almost every day and they have become like quite close friends of mine during covid and uh discussing the game and uh, like analyzing it in that fashion has become more prioritized time-wise than than getting games in and so on and uh i i think it's easy to underestimate how like how social this hobby can be and how like uh, how we can get new friendships uh, over the internet and and then in real life and yeah it's a very multifaceted hobby and i i like that i can it's easier also for me to defend the time I spend on it when it's also an, a matter not only just sitting in a single player game and with endless hours, but it actually forms new connections and it helps me like develop that. So I think that's a really imp- important aspect of the game, the social mm-hmm. part. Um, I mean, for example, our history uh, with the Hydra is that... Uh, <laughs> couple of years back we uh, there was this Karlstad store championship and um, I was like hey I'm gonna I want to participate that because that was on Sunday so I could actually participate it uh, Saturdays are a bit hard for me um, so I was like yes I'm gonna take the chance I, I talked to my wife you know this Sunday I'm gonna go there and do that and she was like, okay okay you're you're good in time you know if you have we're planning this <laughs> ahead so no did you problem. travel all the way down to Karlstad yeah so wow. I took my I took my car and I drew really early morning and I picked up Jonas. I've never seen him. I've never met him. I never talked to him. I only chatted on TZO with him. Uh, I was like, okay, welcome. <laughs> and then there was this... Uh, Nikiva. Um, yeah, Nikiva also. Uh, so we were three guys. None of us had you know, seen each other before and or met. We only I played knew... Nikiva in, in the Stockholm community. Oh, you had, yeah, you had seen. Okay, yeah, exactly. But... It was kind of an interesting group that drew from Stockholm to Kasta. Uh, we had a really nice discussions of life and game and all that kind of stuff during the uh, you know the road trip uh, back and forth. We got um, into some so... deep stuff. Oh yeah, we got really into deep stuff. <laughs> so that part is really important for me, um, the social part to you know. To at the, at the end maybe become you know become friends with the p- people that I you play in the local community, or or in the country or, or nowadays in go- even globally. I um, by the way shout out to, um, Petit Bot, um, he's a French guy that I've I've learned to know and uh, we chat a lot and play a lot. Um, he uh, he won one of the biggest big tournaments in France so. He's rather competitive, competitive player. Uh, a lot of fun. Anyways, so I've learned to know him, you know, through Keyforge. So this social aspect is super important, at least for me. The Discord as well. It's yeah, Discord totally. I spend also easy. You can text. You can write some comment while you're on the train or something. Exactly. Put your hot take and leave it there. <laughs> So moving on uh, with the next question that I have here, I was wondering, you know, competitive versus casual, is there any differences or for example, how much time money do we want to put? Like how competitive are we or are we casual? Well, I, 
I know that I am definitely competitive, as in when I do something, I do it to, to be the best usually, or that, that's my goal, and I want to win, but I'm also a player who does not like secondary market and pay to win playstyle, so I know that Keyforge is sometimes accused of being a, a pay to win game with some teams buying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of decks, both secondary market and displays in order to chase down those latest combos before someone snatches them up or or so on. Uh, but I don't want to do that, but I want to be able to participate at a high level. And it's been a quite heated discussion whether the highest level of play is available for someone coming into the game with my attitude, or do you need to spend mm. financial resources uh, at like a serious hobby or serious sport level even in order to compete. Um, my experience so far, I have spent quite a lot of money. I, I uh, opened maybe 450 or to up to 500 decks so far. Uh, that is a low number compared to some people, but uh, for me, it's been significant. But I definitely feel like I have a good chance on the world stage by knowing my decks well and playing well. Uh, I did. I went three three in last KFPL with only my own decks, including one deck that was more or less a, a fun deck that I brought, and in a triad that is a very bad idea. Uh, but and yet I managed. Like the game is matchup dependent, the game is meta dependent, and exactly. the game is filled with decisions that you as a player can improve on. Sure, if you are both the best player and has the best decks you will have a greater chance of winning than someone who only has one of the one of the two but the game is filled with so many aspects that if you are willing to at least go in with a certain level of commitment financially you don't have to be a massive whale as it's called in some of these uh, uh, like environments in order to compete if you aren't only interested in winning the whole thing, you can have a lot of fun in tournaments with quite a small investment and you have a chance at winning with just a, a, a medium one. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's my take. I really wonder how much it would, uh, like, what would be the budget for us to, you know, do the way, for example, as Saramis did. Okay, you mentioned now 400 to f uh, 500 decks, but like, what would be the, you know, money amount that we would say if you if you want to be semi competitive and participate in tournaments and just you know have a good time, but but still be competitive, how much would that be? You know, for a person, could it be like two hundred dollars? Like secondary market or only opening your own decks? Oh, that's oh yeah. Because mm. secondary market, you can be competitive for two hundred dollars easily. Opening your own decks. It could be up to five hundred dollars before you get anything worth playing. Yeah, uh, worth playing on a top level competitive. Yeah, exactly. Level. Let's mm -hmm. just be clear here for uh, new players who are listening to this. Now we're talking like World Cup levels of competition, yeah. uh, not at all having fun in your local tournament. I mean, I've heard some people likening this, like with Keyforge and opening. You know, trying to find that big that that big deck that can play competitively if you're just buying um buying sealed um and trying to pull the right decks and likening that to gambling and but i'm not so sure about that because with gambling you're you're doing it in order to to then have you know opening a good deck knowing that you will almost instantly if you if you hit the jackpot you're instantly going to win money back because you're spending money obviously to win more money back but when you open a deck you still have to play the deck you still have to know how to play keyforge well you still have to know how to um assess um assess your deck get to know the deck play it well and so i don't think that just by buying a deck for 200 i don't think i would spend 200 dollars on on a competitive deck <laughs> hi <Linus. laughs> i don't think i would um 
You've lost my track of thought then, Lena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so I'm guessing you have spent $200. <laughs> oh, have you spent I, more? <laughs> I spent too much. Like, if, if, I, if this game would be like a profession and you could go like full pro, then I would not mind the, the amount of money that I put but um, at the moment, it's not that, and I, and the, and the other issue is that because of my religious conviction, for me, going pro would, you know, always be a problem. I won't, I simply won't be able to do that. So I don't because, understand. Because time, I don't, yeah. Understand, yeah, because I can, I won't be able to participate during Saturdays. So <laughs> I simply, and don't, I don't understand why I put so much money into the game. <laughs> Just so. But so, I think this is important because. <clears throat> I think that you should be able to imagine, for example, if you have travel as your hobby, some people do, and they mm, yeah. spend endless money just traveling to a place, looking at a couple of things, eating some expensive dinners, like drinking some wine and going back home again. Like, is but we have no problem at all if we hear someone spending like two thousand dollars on a trip to some exotic mm. place. Yet, if someone says, "Oh, I, I just bought these decks for two thousand dollars," and then that's a lot of money, but then it's suddenly like this taboo is like I've spent way mm. too much on, on, mm. on these decks, but we don't question travel despite it both being probably worse for the environment and, and possibly fewer hours. Like the imagine buying decks for $2,000, you would have new decks for like years or oh, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I think that the argument is sometimes skewed towards these, uh, things that are accepted by society as money sinks versus mm. things that aren't. Yeah, yeah that's that's true. I, for example, as I mentioned before, like me and my wife, we are not like kind of in the same page in that way. Uh, I have this nerdy background, and she doesn't. So, like she has the other kind of interest, and I. So, so for her, it took probably a, a little bit of time to understand like how how seriously I do this kind of stuff, and now she's accepting it fully because she understands what it means to me. Uh, and also people around me does understand now because I'm, you know, I've, I have a lot of board games. I've invested a lot of money, a lot of time. I created events, uh, and, you know, made this to, to be a hobby. And I'm like, yeah, I'm proud board gamer. And now that I, for me, it's not a, a little niche mm. thing. I'm an odd one. No, I, I feel like it's, it's cool to be a board gamer or even now a mm. keywords player. So I think this is something that we just need to uh, uh, keep pushing uh, and yeah. through creating this community, big, making it bigger, you know, make, make Keyforge a thing. Yeah. Like, like I mean, magic is a thing. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people. Or Yu-Gi-Oh, yeah. whatever. I mean, so why why wouldn't key, key, Keyforge be? And, I, no. and obviously, just me deciding to travel to Costa, which is four hours away from my place or five hours away with two random dudes and saying to my wife, yeah, I'm going to take my car and drive there, be there whole day and come back. You know, reality check. Mm. I mean, she understands suddenly, hey, this, there's something going on. I mean, it's, it's a bigger thing in that sense. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean uh, j- just, just to clarify what I was saying uh, before is that I don't think I'd spend $200 on one deck. I think I'd spend two hundred dollars on twenty decks. Yeah, um, I would. I would spend easily two hundred for one deck. If, yeah, okay. for me, it's more important to yeah. have the one deck that I really love to play. It doesn't need to be the best of the best, but no. there needs to be the thing that I enjoy the most. So for me, I would rather buy the one yeah. and not twenty. And that's the reason I I am you know participating in the second hand market <laughs> compared to Saramis. <laughs> uh, what about Hydro? Uh, first I wanted to ask a question to Linus if you don't mind sharing. How much have you paid for some of these Chinese decks? Like one of them? Uh, like, like let's say the double nail uh, 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 it's still for me uh, it hurts. It still hurts, uh, so I way too much. I just I will just say way because too I much. think this is useful for people who want to buy also to know what range you can find something that good. In. I mean, you you can buy really good deck between one hundred to two hundred, in my opinion, uh, and I I mean I've spent I've spent at least three hundred on one of my Chinese decks. Uh, it's the four Lithological deck, and it's super good. Uh, obviously, it's matched dependent so for some matchups it's hard but usually does quite well like i have played it 250 times and he has 76 win percent in competitive 
So I mean, the deck is super good. Um, so I that deck, uh, I don't mind that I put that amount of money because I have really gotten back the, you know, the pleasure of it. Or what do I say? Um, Same here, for example, I had an offer of three hundred dollars for Helena, which is probably my best deck. Uh, I said no, but uh, Helena has already gotten me almost three hundred dollars in prize money. So. But, yeah. uh, but around there, I would say, is the price point for the really, really good decks. Yeah, I think you should. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go over that roof, and you can still find. You can really make really good finds. Now, now, by the way, we're talking about like really rather competitive decks. So if you just want to be, uh, let's say, active in your local group or uh, participating in in uh, in the small tournaments, you don't even need to put that amount of money at all. No. You can still find twenty dollars will get you yeah twenty day. yeah twenty thirty forty fifty some no problem. Like obviously, you need to have some knowledge of the game. Uh, but that's that's when you have a community. Ask you can ask your friends uh, in the community, and they will hap happily help you uh, with finding a good deck. But I so, think Hydro's insight into this is most valuable because here we are talking about spending these really mm. large sums. But Hydro, you have a completely different exactly. approach to, to the game. I'm so excited that we have Hydra because of that. Yeah, so so I have opened uh, on the first episode. I think I said seventy decks, but I think it's more like eighty decks that I have opened in total uh, and I haven't played on the very highest international level but I have played uh, in the Nordic League and when I look at the amounts of decks that some people in the Nordic League buy and some of the decks that they put in their lineups at least maybe not all of the decks in the highest uh, division are world class but I think almost every lineup in the highest division of the Nordic League contains one or two or three world-level decks. Uh, and I have been able to compete in this environment, at least the Nordic one, and I have been doing quite well, I think. I mean, I have been in the top division every season since the start, and I have won the season one time, and I have been a lot of times top four. Uh, so what is your approach apart from many repetitions? Like, well, what is it your unique skill or? Is... No, well, I, yeah, I mean, I basically put way too much into the game in terms of time instead of money. And I got good at playing the game and, and good yeah. at playing my decks. So you can, yeah. you can come like for everything in life, you need uh, somewhere between 1000 and 10,000 hours of practice at something before you can say you're really good at it. Like. Mm. Uh, and you, hopefully you don't hopefully what you're trying to get good at is something you enjoy so much that you don't burn out on it during that time uh, and i think i i have hit about that amount of time with keyforge uh, so I, I think i'm a rather good player and i know my decks well and i can get far with that even i think i think you can get a deck that's at least in every display of mass mutation and worlds collide on average you will find one deck that you can put into the highest division of the nordic keyforge league if you if you understand the meta and you learn that deck well mm. uh, so and uh, i i went through my 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 lineup this season which i ended up in second place with uh, they came from i think roughly 30 worlds collide decks uh, that I opened and ten mass mutation decks that I opened. Uh, for from there, I found four worlds collide and two mass mutation. And not all of those decks are winners. Some of them are more like ban bait, but but it's it was enough to stay very competitive this season. And the other thing is, I already put in my time to get good at the game. So now that I'm spending less time at the game, I still have that. So I can still do okay, even though I'm spending less time now. So so sort of that investment has sort of paid off to some extent also uh, the time investment so but but because you have put a lot of time uh, into the game have you ever been you know close to burnout in in, in a way not yeah, in term, think... not in term burnout in the fact that i've been spending time i shouldn't be spending but not in terms of not liking the game i i still enjoy the game so much uh, why do you think that is like what is it that that because i know some people have experienced this burnout on the game itself me 
among them. But for you, what what do you think is so unique that you don't burn out on the game itself, even after thousands of hours? Part of it maybe it's because it's my first game of this nature, maybe. But uh, I think there's also something in the game itself. And I think it's the fact that uh, no two decks are the same. So every match is a unique match, like with new uh, new interactions. Uh, and uh, like, uh, for example, a card like uh, uh, Favor of Rex, which copies a playability of a creature in play, it can play completely differently depending on what is in your opponent's deck. Like I, I figured out, wow, you can play that on, uh, on your opponent's uh, Drumble and make them capture all their amber from themselves. Uh, and and so like, there are infinite opportunities almost with with uh, how everyone has their own deck, everyone has their own combination of cards, and then the combination of cards between your deck and your opponent's deck. And it's like the pos- possibility space in theory is quite, is really very close to infinite. So, well. I wonder how many of us has felt that when we play on TCO on competitive side there, that, oh, again, a net deck or oh, again, a crazy deck. And I'm just trying to play with my SAS 75. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, mm. I, I wonder yeah. how many of how, how many people in our community has, you know, kind of, uh, dropped interest in the game because because of the TCO or the online nature of the game, which mm. we have had now because of COVID. I wonder how the game would look different. Would the game look differently if we actually would have had our weekly meetings uh, uh, in real life and, 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 and so on? What do you think, guys? Yeah, I mean, I am almost... In, in periods of time when I have a deck that I want to try out, I, I sometimes just realize that I cannot do it on TCO because the way that I, I like playing on a competitive level in speed and like decision making and so on. But if the deck isn't top notch, I will mostly getting stomped over and over again. And uh, that is different on, on TCO, especially if my decks are not even, they're more fun than, than anything else. But if people in casual sometimes just bring either two good decks or play too slow. And there are many reasons why I prefer the competitive style of playing. But I have, in in periods where I've been close to burning out, I've stopped playing online and instead started playing either matches against myself, playing both decks. I'm known as one of the, one of the three or so players in the Swedish league that play long tournaments against myself in Keyforge. I, want to, um, I, do, I do want to try that. Yeah, I do. If great. I if I ever had an opportunity, I would want to try doing put all my decks, all sixty six of them, into a tournament. Uh, I yeah. put my sixty four best decks in that tournament. But hey, I was thinking we could kind of wrap it up and and uh, see what we have talked about. Uh, and we we have mentioned that uh, you know we can put a lot of time, we can put a lot of money. But we can also put a little time and a little money and still enjoy the game. Uh, I think the the most important part for anybody who wants to start play this game or who is playing the game is I, I kind of wrote some points here. Um, this would be my tip. First of all, you should uh, try to find a friend, a nerd friend who wants to talk about the game, like only one guy, one person, or one girl, whatever a person, a friend. And then if you have the possibility and the luxury chance to have actually find a local local group to actually play the game. And then, this is the third point that I've wrote up to myself or for myself here, wrote down, um, find your format, like according to your collection skills and goals, like find your format, because there's a lot of different formats that you, you, you play, because I know that there's a lot of love and hate, for example, with Archon, and Archon is... Both players come with with their own decks, and usually they come with the best, best, best decks. And and there's this at least this idea of that those who put the most of money will probably have a better deck and have the higher chance to win the game. And so Archon is kind of the raw thing of of keywords. But I, as we mentioned, there's a different, many different formats. So finding the right format for yourself 
and through that you know uh, playing the game and find the enjoyment um and again hey this is a game so life first in my opinion uh, and through that you also won't burn out on the game what do you think is that was that uh, were those points good points or would you add something i definitely agree with the community side um and i agree i don't disagree with your points but i like the community side of bringing someone else into it to you know to, to get their view on it as well i think i would add to that as maybe try and teach someone new the game so that you go back to the basics and enjoy playing a little bit more casually um and helping someone else understand the game a bit more and you know introducing them to it and seeing seeing the game from a, a another person's perspective as well i think that can really help with uh w- w- with burnout and i think that's that that helps me yeah i i for me i think um the one thing i would tell someone who's coming into into the game and looking for their niche and they might be feeling down from playing online or they might not feel like they've found found what they enjoy look at the things that like you you loved about the game when you first started and find that thing like is it the exploration of new decks then that's okay that that then dedicate yourself to testing new decks, maybe with your community, maybe online. If it's going for the competitive side, then focus on that. Don't look just at win rates or like, am I winning enough? Is my deck performing enough? Why don't I have the perfect decks? Because every matchup is different. Every day is different. And if you focus on the things you enjoy, instead of being caught up in this spiral of, I need to get better decks so I can win more. And then someone else brings an even better deck and then you need a better deck and then you need more money and so on. You don't need that. Play in adaptive tournaments, play in local tournaments, arrange tournaments with yourself. Like find the way of playing Keyforge key that you enjoy rather than feel feeling pressured into playing it from what other people think. Yeah, get that. Those are good points. Yeah, you took you actually took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, but when Jason talked about uh, exp- he enjoys exploring all of his decks and trying them out, and that's also how I enjoy, in addition to finding a few decks that I really focus on, I also enjoy playing like that. So I found that that's how I like playing it, and that's how I play it. And I think I think that, yeah, really find, like you said, find the way you like to enjoy the game. Thank you, Hydra, and thank you guys uh, for good discussion. I hope, uh, listeners, you find something new or something interesting about this uh, topic that we have been discussing today. Uh, now we'll move to our next uh, segment, which is the league update. Uh, Jason, you had something that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, just a quick uh, message that Jonas um, Sizox, um asked me to mention. I'm going to be putting up on the website, um, hopefully by the time the podcast has come out, a poll for next season's uh, League Cup. And so the suggestions that have come forward are reversal, minimum SAS of 70, um, 10 chains start, and uh, one house below 16 SAS. So that's three options that we're going to be taking a poll on. And I'm going to put that on the website. And it's two deck survival in each one of these formats. And the poll uh, will be going on until the end of July. So everyone's got plenty of time to get their um, opinion in. I voted for a one house below 16 SAS, by the way. Everyone join the below 16 SAS team. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking for some reversal. I really want to play more reversal. I've got a really bad reversal. I just like really one really bad house. But yeah, I have a really good reversal deck coming up as well. It is so filled with upgrades and artifacts without creatures. You're going to fear. <laughs> I did a search for at least five artifacts and at least five upgrades in my collection. <laughs> I, I always love reversal, so... That one yeah. is going to be. I am hoping for that one, but also the the start with lots of chains could be good practice for dark tidings or for if you want to play more adaptive. So, yeah. So, but then you might never get to face my three hallowed blasters. <laughs> Lovely. 
And yeah, and with that, we are slowly wrapping up. Thank you all for listening to the Nordic Keyford podcast. Um, today, we've talked about some heavy topics. We've talked about the life and enjoyment and uh, duty balance. That is uh, such a key thing when it comes to something you enjoy as much as you enjoy Keyforge, we hope. Uh, we have also discussed burnout and how to play on a competitive level, what it takes uh, to do that, both financially and time-wise. And uh, yeah, I've had a great time. I hope that uh, you listeners have had a good time as well and that my co-hosts have had a good time. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, if you liked what you heard, then uh, give us a subscribe, or give us a follow. Uh, that way you won't miss the ne- next episode. You're also welcome to visit our webpage, nkfl.online. But until next time, thank you from Zaramis. Hydrotech. Thank you from the captain. And Mr. K-Pop. Oh my God. See ya! <laughs>